Welcome to the Multipurpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. And here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. Welcome to our guest today, Michael Daniels. Michael, thanks for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? 100%. And thank you so much for having me. I'm, I love talking about and helping people, so hopefully that's what we can do today. My background, well, I am a family man for sure, and I've always had my kids and been involved with my kids as far as that goes. And that's kind of where I got the gaming thing. I have a closet with like 132 games in it. Wow. So that's, I know, board games. So that's what kind of got me started. And I've always been that way. Any Christmas gatherings and stuff like that, I'm always the one to bring the games and bring that part into it. I know that's probably leading into other stuff, but that's kind of how I got started. But that's I've always been that way. I've always wanted to play games, have fun, and enjoy life as we go along. Me personally, I have a wife, two kids that are grown, one of the children has given me grandbabies, so I have two grandchildren. That's great. I love that. And as far as business goes, I've been in the restaurant business for a long time. I'm now in the construction business for a very long time, probably about 22 years now. So we do have a family-owned business that we do with that. But this is kind of my side thing, a hobby, I would say. And I absolutely love it. Well, and we were introduced through a friend who raved about your ability to be creative and how you have been creating online games to bring people together far before COVID hit. I mean, the pandemic was not your impetus as it has been for many people. You did it for your love of games. And so tell me a little bit more about that. Like, it sounds like you're a gamer, physical games as well, but what got you into creating these online games? That's a great point. And yes, absolutely. That mutual friend actually participated in many of those games. Well, it's interesting because I've always loved games, obviously. I have a, with the huge closet that I have of all those games and everything, it kind of just seeped into with, I got into Hangouts. Hangouts was a big thing where, which is what, same thing as Zoom, same thing as, uh, you know, Google Meet now and all this kind of stuff, all these different ways of communicating so i was really into that part of it and i thought wow this is really cool and our friends we would actually we'd be chatting socializing etc and all of a sudden we were just like let's play a game let's do something we would just do it and just have some fun and everybody's like you need to go live with this (laughs) this is awesome so i've always been a tech geek and so i tried to find software even from the very first game that we went live with to try and help us put something on screen that was kind of unique or different, but also with the gameplay and having the banter back and forth, you know, that that's what makes it the fun part of it. So that's kind of how it all kind of came to fruition. And then we went live, I think in May of 2015. I mean, it's almost like five years. Wow. Years. I mean, it's been a long time. So we started doing that every Friday night and we just had game night on Friday night. And so that's kind of how it all came about. And what kind and of games have I you... Love the, Sorry, go ahead. No, I love the geek side of it. You know what I'm saying? I love the behind the scenes and trying to put something out there. It's a challenge to me. So that's kind of what helped there. 
What kind of games have you created? Okay, so I do one that's called Plus Word. That's probably was our most popular. I had to rename everything because I didn't want to get copyright. But I like <laughs> the game Password. <laughs> Anybody that knows about that knows about that kind of stuff. So it's just like Password, the old game show Password, where they, you pass a word and you have to give one word clue and then password, you know, pass it over and stuff. That was probably the first one that I came up with and the most popular that we did for a long time. Then I have one called Hollywood Circles, <laughs> like Hollywood Squares. And that kind of brings in the trivia one, bring in that part of it. And I, most recently, I've done a lot of work on this one, but everybody always wanted me to do Family Feud. And so I did one called Friendly Feud. That one's great because, you know, you have the phrase, you know, anybody that knows Family Feud, it has the words and all that kind of stuff and people trying to guess what it is. And it's so funny because I'll use old game show stuff and they're like, what year was this from? So everybody, <laughs> so it kind of builds a little bit of fun, like, oh my gosh, you know, that kind of thing. So you get that banter back and forth. It kind of adds to that stuff. But I've done a drawing game, kind of like a Pictionary type thing. I've done, oh man, there's a bunch of them. Uh, if you've ever played the game Scattergory, mm-hmm. I have one that's called Quick Listed that I do online. That's probably our, our most recent. And that gets a lot of involvement because we actually have the audience as a team member. So it's really, really fun and builds that engagement and participation. With all these different games that you've created, which ones have you found are the most fun to play? All of them. (laughs) Fair. Because of the work that went into it. No, I think the most fun that I have, it it is the audience participation ones. That's That's the ones that make it the most fun because... If I just go live and it's just me and the people that are in the game or whatever, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but that's the whole reason why I went live. So the ones that where the audience participates, I had a person tell me one time, and it really hit a nail on the head. They said, I used to watch game shows all the time, and I know the answers, and I'd be yelling at the TV. I was just yelling the answers at the TV. Well, here, this kind of gives you a chance because I do it on YouTube, Facebook, and some of these, then you know, these places where you can access, you could actually put your answer in. So it gave them a chance. Instead of yelling, you said, "Okay, put that answer in." So that's what kind of makes it the fun part. That's really neat. If somebody's looking, you know, you mentioned you like the tech side of things. So if somebody's looking for the technology to enable these types of games, where would you start? Where did you start? <laughs> that's funny. I mean, because. I didn't know where I was going to start. I can promise you that. I just figured out, okay, I kind of got in my head and I, and I put like a little storyboard up and said, this is where I want to go. This is kind of what I want to show. This is what I want to get. How can I make that come to fruition? And so what happened was I started off with a program called Manny Cam, A-N-Y-C-A-M. That's where I started. I now use a product called open broadcast software, which is OBS. Anybody that knows me knows I say OBS all the time. (laughs) Every once in a while I have to remember because people are like, hey, what does that mean? I don't know what OBS is. (laughs) But I use that software because I can place things in a video and I can use a virtual camera, which is what I do like in Zoom and things like that. And even when I present, I can put stuff where I want, add the score, add the scoreboards, anything like that I want to get the graphics 
showing. I can put them where I want. So that's kind of where, and it took some a while to research that, but I got it. And so what do you use? You mentioned you put the scoreboard, you put, are you physically making those items and using the camera then to display physical items? Or are you using technology to make the actual game and scoreboard and those elements? That's a fantastic question. Me personally, I'm a huge fan of spreadsheets. I love, I've always loved spreadsheets. Matter of fact, I've always said this to anybody that you're either familiar and you use Google Docs or you use spreadsheets. You're either or. You're usually not both. <laughs> and I'm the spreadsheet guy. So what I did, I went and designed spreadsheets that I could do with the colored background and all that kind of stuff and have the scores. And then so when I hit, a, I'm hitting a button in the background that makes that score pop up when they get the answer right or wrong and all that kind of stuff. So I, almost in every game that I use, I have that that I bring on screen. So I'm taking that image, pushing that on using the OBS software to put that. And I know I'm getting very technical, but that's how I bring and put and do all that kind of stuff. Now I have done some things for people that didn't want to get that involved. I do consult on this and do these games and stuff that wanted to use Google slides, mm-hmm. just have that. And they didn't have anybody else on screen, but they just had a Google slide. And the reason I say Google slide versus PowerPoint is because it's collaborative. You could have more than one person keeping score or whatever. Someone else could be in the background doing that. The collaborativeness about that is what made that convenient. I also tutor Spanish yep. in schools and, and, and talk to the schools about that. So that's a great way of doing that kind of thing without it getting too elaborate and having to get learn the software and all that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And so then... If you have the scores through an Excel spreadsheet, and by the way, I am also a sheets person. My husband tends to be more of a docs person, but all of our house <laughs> projects, our calendar, all of that is in sheets because I'm inputting it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love linking worksheets and tallying. And anyway, that's not what we're oh, here for. You're a woman after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. It's very useful. <laughs> no, it is. It is very productive too. Yep. So you've got the scores in there. What are you using to run the game show itself? Like, for example, putting the questions up in the friendly feud, as an example. How do you display the questions? Are you using software for that? Great. Same thing. Spreadsheet. Okay. So I have typed in and filled in one whole page on a Google Sheet where the question and the answers are. Then I have on the front page, I have the actual board that shows that and the questions. And then all I do is hit a checkbox when they guess it or get it right and that kind of stuff. And it automatically, I have it graphically pop up using a spreadsheet with conditional formatting. It Boom, it pops up and you can see the answer. So that's kind of what I do. What I've done with Google Slides is I can have three or four slides with the different answers. So when they pop something up, I can go to that slide and then that answer will show only and the other ones stay covered up. So you can work around doing different things like that. It just takes a little bit more to get that to show up on screen just right. I mean, it takes some tweaking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, some trial and error. That makes sense. So, yeah, everything's spreadsheet for me. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, what about getting the question ideas? Uh, you mentioned that sometimes you go back to old shows. So, fair, that's one avenue. But how else do you come up with questions? Almost every single game that I do and that I have, it's based off of a board game that already has that 
or like the one, just to give you an example, the quick listed ones. Categories, you have to come up with your own words. One thing that I did, so I've done this game for, I've, I've created these games for, I'll just give you an, an exa- a good example, was a real estate company. They had north, south, east, west. They had all the divisions and then four people from those divisions, everyone from their whole company could watch. But four, they had four representatives from each of those and they played a game. Well, a lot of the questions I had to come up with, I, it was geared toward their industry. So what we did was we played a couple different games. The one like password, where you're passing one word, it was to give them, let's say they had words that were specific to their industry. Makes so sense. They had to use other words to pass. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, so that's, that's how I came up with the passwords for that. The other thing was we played Friendly Feuds, a good example. You might have had something that was a question about their company, but there was five answers. They had to come up with those five answers, taking turns to try and get what those five and get a certain amount of points for each one of those. One might have been more important, so you get more points for that. And the the company did all the work in the background. All I did was put it into the game and made it happen that way. The other one would be like a perfect one is Hollywood circles where you have Hollywood squares, like the people up there, you had nine people in there. And what was cool about that was it's all trivia about their company. They gave me the questions. All I did was did the game and made it come out and show them how it all came about. So it depends on what you're after and what you're trying to get, what you're trying to get people to learn. And and the thing is, is people are going to learn by hearing somebody else's answer too. Or when it comes to them, they're like, oh gosh, I don't know the answer to this. You know, it makes them a little nervous and they might even in the background, secretively getting some research <laughs> and trying to figure out an answer. I, I better know this one, you know, that kind of thing. But that's what makes it fun. You know, it really was fun. That's that's great. I mean, just hearing you share that popped so many ideas into my head. You know, for schools, I mean, Hollywood Circles, you could have different teachers up there, but you could also do it with different subjects. So you could do a caricature for social studies, a caricature for math, and you know, figuring out the fun facts about those different subjects, you could use that to recap your learnings for the school year. And then friendly feud, I mean, certainly you can imagine a lot of school-based questions there. Or even parent, you know, parent engagement, like a parent's night out, using a game like that and getting to know a little more about the people and the school and the community. Yep, 100%. Absolutely. Yes. You brought up a great point. That's true. It's that getting them involved, you know what I'm saying? That's where the game part makes it fun. Yep. You got to learn it and you got to figure it out anyway. Why not make that fun? I mean, I think you hit it right there on the nail on the head with that one. What's a good number of people to engage at one of these shows? Okay. That can be decided based on the game for one thing. And, and what I would do is start out with small numbers first. Let people get comfortable. Make sure you have a couple people that have done it, maybe even in private just two people going head to head just so they can learn. That was, that's what we did the first time when I did that insurance company, that was a big insurance company and they had divisions. We ended up turning that into where it was, they did partners where they would converse to give an answer and stuff like that. So then it became not just four people, but it was eight people. So they started out small with the four divisions and eventually got into the games like Hollywood circles where they're trying to answer questions about their company where they had nine representatives. Or I think they did. It was. I know it was even with. with I think it was like twelve 
I, instead of nine squares, I had 12 squares or something. Just so it was four, 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 and four. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I, my math's not that great, so I don't know. <laughs> no. Three people from each of the four divisions would be 12, yeah, I think, there right? There yeah. you go. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it depends on your audience a little bit and getting people comfortable. So maybe when a PTA is doing a parents' night out, for example, starting with one classroom or starting with for example, the classroom parents for each class so that that small group of people gets to know each other and then maybe extending it out further. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, exactly. And just start out doing something, just start out something small. So you're not overwhelmed and they're not overwhelmed at first. Once everybody learns that there's a game coming in and becoming a part of it, that's where you can start adding in the extras and the four participants. But I think, I'll be honest with you, the more people involved, it really does get a lot of fun and a lot of engagement because then people aren't as scared either. Oh, no, no, I just want to sit in the background. Well, you lose that. And so, so you want to get more people. Okay, we're going to have eight people now. Now we're going to have 12. Now we're going to, you know, whatever. Once you get that uh, big of a group, now you really get people participating and giving you some really great ideas. I've done this for my work where we try and brainstorm something. I want everyone involved, not just, you know, me and the foreman of of our company or something, you know. Right, yeah. That, that's kind of where I go with that. Yeah, I could even envision recording, you know, if you have a show like Friendly Feud where you've got a certain number of people on each team, recording that and then playing it back for the school. And then the, you've got the audience shouting, you know, <laughs> at the game. But that way you, you're starting with a small group at first and then you're playing it for a larger group and then you kind of build some momentum and you could even bring that into the classroom at some point when schools are back in session. I mean, it sounds like there's no reason why this could be only online. It could be an either or. Amen. And or both. Yeah. You know, that's one thing. That's one thing I said, too. Even if we I don't even know what normal is or will be. But if we all let's say we all go back to school. I said this <laughs> to uh, a, a bunch of my friends who are teachers and stuff, I said, there's no longer, you're not no longer going to have kids that are just going to be able to be out of school for a long time. They can still do it from home, even if they're not feeling good, et cetera. Now, they might be the, the best of participants or whatever, just because they're not feeling good, but at least they don't lose anything on the lessons and things like that. Yep. It's changed the way we, our whole perspective of things and these kind of things. But yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> Have you ever played for prizes? Prizes. Okay, my thing on prizes is is that I know from playing games, okay? Obviously, I've played games. <laughs> the thing is with the prize, you don't want people to give up in the middle of whatever you're doing. So if they already know that there's no way that, okay, I'm halfway through the game. There's no way. This guy just knew all of the answers. So then it becomes not. You don't want it to where it doesn't become fun halfway through there has to be some chance all the way to the end when you give a prize is the way is the way i think the other thing is if you have sponsors you can get sponsor recognition hey these guys are giving this away you know it's no big deal there, there's 10 of them things like that or four of them or whatever you know everybody everybody gets a prize it just depends on the level of prize i think that can be a good thing too it all depends you know what i'm saying Prizes can be great. Prizes can be, how can I say, not just a challenge. To, yeah. Or, or people start to give up. They can you detract. Give up. Yep. 
when I play my games, there's no prize at the end except for bragging rights. You know? <laughs> Which is a prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I'm, I'm talking about the physical prize, though. Just, yeah. just be cautious with those. I've seen that be a deterrent sometimes in a game. You want it to be fun for everyone all the way through. There has to be a chance to the very end for everyone. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a really good point. And especially as people have done a lot of stuff online recently. I say stuff because it's all sorts of categories of things that we're doing online right now. And we're spending a lot of time in front of screens. You definitely don't want to bring in anything that may detract from the experience. So I think your point's a really good one. And maybe even something like a prize for an individual question. You know, like this question, the winner of this particular question gets a $25 Starbucks gift card as a random example, as opposed to just a prize at the end, maybe peppering some more of that in. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yes, that's fantastic. Yeah, especially if you're like the example you gave about using your PTA and involving them. That'd be a perfect thing. Those are great for those individual quick, just a quick, hey, on this one, here's what we're giving away for this particular thing. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. I like that. As you were thinking about this topic in preparation for our recording today, any last tips that kind of come to mind that you want to share with anybody who wants to go out there and create a game? Yeah, remember to have fun. It's so important that everyone has fun and think of everyone, not just the game winner or whatever, especially you that's putting it on. That's, I think that's the main thing. And remember, it's a game. It's a game. So sometimes we forget that. And that's one of the things that I really emphasized when I did it for a corporation. You know, this is a game. This is fun. And have a goal. Have a goal at the very beginning. This is what I want them to accomplish your PTA group. What do you want them to get out of it? Here's the five things that I really want them to get out of it. Make sure you end up with that goal and everyone got what you were going after. You know, you can make a game fun. It's just like when I'm tutoring Spanish. I want them to be able to know what these words are, how to use them in a sentence and go out there in the real world and speak to another foreign language person. When you have that as a major goal, that's, that's huge. And make sure you accomplish that. And I think that's the main, that would be my tip. And get out of the game what you want to get out of the game. But remember, have fun. and It is a game. I like that. I also like what you said earlier about co-creation. I think that helps you to have fun because if you have other people co-creating questions with you or the game with you, they're more likely to be engaged. They're more likely to invite others. You're more likely to have a good time. So I like what you said earlier about co-creation and starting small and then going bigger. It's a game, have fun, and make sure you hit that goal, whatever it is that you set out for. Michael, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate and have enjoyed our conversation tremendously. My absolute pleasure. Anytime you ever want to talk about gaming, that's right up my alley, so I'm glad to be here, and I'll join anytime for that. I actually am very curious about these 132 games. I don't even think I could name 132, so I I may be following up with some obscure game names for you. (laughs) thanks again pleasure make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school and subscribe to this show if you like the topics on the show we share additional resources on our company blog at k12clothing.com and click on blog thanks to squad locker for making this show possible 
And we'll see you next week in the multi-purpose room.